42% of baby boomers don't know how much money they have in their nest egg. That means they also don't know if they've saved enough. Do you? Find out by listening to Retire Texas Style with host Steve Hoyle of the Hoyle Financial Group. Let's help you develop a plan. There's so many things you can do to put your money to work for you. Sunday afternoons at 3 and Tuesday evenings at 6, right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Come on now, it's 8.05 here on the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. So glad you chose to join us. Uh, Yeah, dive in here at 512-836-0590. Interesting story this morning involving uh, a local entrepreneur. Uh, Mr. Elon Musk making some news this morning. Yeah, Elon Musk is now suing OpenAI and the CEO, Sam Altman, uh, over what he says is uh, a betrayal of the chat GPT maker's founding aims of benefiting humanity rather than pursuing profits. Mm. Yeah, in a lawsuit filed in uh, San Francisco's Superior Courts, billionaire Musk, he said that when he bankrolled OpenAI's creation, he secured an agreement with Altman and Greg Brockman, the presidents, to keep the AI company as a nonprofit that would uh, develop technology to benefit the public. Now, under its founding agreement, OpenAI would also make it uh, its code open to public instead of, uh, you know, kind of uh, walling it off from the private company's, you know, gains. Now, now um, so here we go. Uh, a lawsuit has been filed, and we've, we've learned that some of this OpenAI and some of this Google AI and how horrible it is over the past couple of weeks. Oh, God. How it's trying to rewrite history. That that Gemini uh, platform that's that's just, uh, you, you couldn't get any sort of historical accuracy from the, the generating uh, of the images. Here's what uh, the story says in the Associated Press. By embracing a close relationship with Microsoft, OpenAI and its top executives have set that pack aflame and are uh, perverting the company's mission. This is what Musk alleges in the, uh, in the lawsuit. OpenAI has been transformed into a closed-source de facto subsidiary of the largest technology company in the world, Microsoft. Mm. This is what this lawsuit says. And under its new board, it's not just developing, but actually refining an AGI to maximize profits for Microsoft rather than benefiting humanity. Yeah, so I guess uh, back in, what, 2015, when uh, this was when OpenAI first launched, it was, it was kind of founded as a, as a check on what Musk and the other founders believe was like a serious threat uh, posed from artificial intelligence. And and so they created, they, they had their own board of overseers and they had a product, uh, code was made public, things like that. Now all of a sudden, here's OpenAI uh, LP, which, and now it's a for-profit and Musk is like, well, wait a minute, this is not at all what this platform was designed to do. Yeah. So I, I think I think he's got an argument. But sure. I, um, and I, he's certainly, we certainly know that he's got the, I, I guess the lawyers to fight it. I guess it's just a breach of contract uh, issue here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of it. I think also, though, I, I mean, Musk has talked numerous times about his concern that o, 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 of what AI, the dangers AI may, may pose us in the future. Yeah. And originally, this whole open AI thing was supposed to be you know, we're going to protect against any sort of nefarious use of AI. And now, well, for profit, he's probably going, well, how, how, can, you, how can you protect against it when oh, you'll do whatever it takes to make some money off it? It's true. He's a businessman. He knows. All right. Uh, well, stay tuned for that one, I guess. Uh, jump in here. 512-836-0590. 
Yeah, the uh, Austin American Statesman reports this morning that Austin could see a budget deficit as tax revenue falls short of projections. So uh, you can already tell that uh, this uh, this article is written on the bit to benefit the city, the city council, sure, the budget planners, sure, the progressives, right? Yeah, and and it sounds like just another year in Austin with the mismanagement of our funds again. This is a great thing. Mm. This is really a great thing. This may lead to less spending. You think, right? Oh, I highly doubt it. No, I mean, it may. Mm-hmm. Well, I. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to see how it wouldn't, considering how much money they've been sitting on from the federal government. And it should also be a, a warning for you too. Whenever the whenever the statesmen and, and politicians start talking this way, like they get a revenue shortfall, uh, that is code for we got to get more tax dollars from the people because that's the only place they get their money, mm-hmm. right? Well, the city of Austin is seeing a, a shortfall in its projected revenue as well as uh, the looming end of the federal American Rescue Plan Act funding. I like the way the statesman's thrown these little adjectives in there to describe the the looming end of the Federal American Rescue Plan Act funding. Well, yeah. I, as, if, as if the money grows on the trees. They, they don't understand. It's as if they really don't understand economics at City Hall. It is a little dramatic. I mean, you had to know eventually it, that was going to dry up. Well, yeah. It, not only is it dramatic, but it also is, is being written from the perspective of politicians and not from the perspective of a taxpayer who's burdened by over, you know, a tax burden day after day yeah. in everything that we do. Right. Well, anyway, sales and property tax largely make up the uh, city's general fund, which includes funding for fire, police, parks, and more. Austin Mayor Kirk Watson said in his February newsletter that uh, outlined some of the biggest issues that the city is facing. The fiscal year 2024 budget is uh, built assuming a 4% sales tax growth, is what Ed Van Eno says. That's the city's chief financial officer during uh, the presentation. Uh, but uh, but they've, fallen, uh, they've fallen short of that. We are um, um, heading towards a, a, a fiscal cliff with our ARPA spending. And I don't say a cliff to be overly dramatic, but it, it does kind of, that's just the image I get in my head. Because in ARPA, we received $188 million of federal stimulus dollars. Uh, council approved a spending framework of $263 million that included the ARPA funding, it included some grant funding, and it included some general fund reserves. So $266 million influx of funding into our budget that allowed us, allowed us to elevate um, services in a number of areas. Yeah, so uh, that money's running out. Yeah, uh, I, I, he says that, that we will spend every dime of this. And it looks like uh, it'll run. It'll run out by the end of 2026. So it's not immediately, but they've got a what three and a half percent, four percent sales tax. Uh, the, or, I mean, a uh, tax rate for the city. They say that the sales tax rate growth has slowed down. So all that's going to lead us into this 15 million dollar, you know, financial shortfall, budget shortfall. And you may, he Van Inu says, you may got, need to revert back to pre-COVID level spending. Councilman Ryan Alter, he pressed uh, the city's uh, CFO, Ed Van Eno, on, uh, on the police budget, specifically the big amount of money that's being spent to pay officers overtime. And, uh, and he got a quick answer, uh, not only from Ed Van Eno, but also the city manager, Mr. Garza. I'm wondering, uh, is that something we expect to continue? Is, is the department doing anything to address that uh, overtime? I, I see Chief Henderson... <laughs> yeah, Chief, Take it away, Dad. Let me, Chief, as you come up uh, to answer this question, let me try to address this a little bit. Uh, yes, I think there's been a, a bolus of overtime that happened in the first quarter. Uh, 
part of the, what's driving that is the short the, the, the number of officers that are still missing from the roster. And so you can imagine what the chief is having to deal with when we need to cover an evening shift and there are no takers or there's very few takers. Does the city council, are they aware of this police shortage? They, I, are they, I would hope so. Are they aware of it? I would hope so. They created it. They, 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 were, they are complicit in the problem right now. Here's Ed Vanino. In the case of the police department where you look at council authorized somewhere around 1,800 sworn personnel, and we currently have about 1,450 sworn personnel boots on the street, that creates a lot of savings that we had budgeted for salaries that the chief is now needing to use in overtime to to meet the to meet the mission. Yeah, yeah. And, and just a quick reminder: it was back in uh, August when they approved the five point five billion dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you have to assume it's probably going to be six billion dollars moving ahead. Uh, in other in other words, what what Ed Van Inu just said there is APD is not like living outside of its means in its in terms of its budget. Here, we have a lot of money freed up because. You guys have created a, a, a climate in which cops don't want to come be cops here. And so we've got all the cops who are willing to be cops here working overtime. They're using that extra money, not being spent on salaries for cops. But, you know, Ryan Alter, he, I mean, he, he's already admitted he doesn't understand economics. Well, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. They're only talking about a $15.4 million budget gap in a $5.5 billion budget. Yeah. $15 million is, is pennies. No. That's it, nothing. You're right. They'll find it, but I bet I, I, you know, I wouldn't put it past them though to say, well, look, we we, we might have this deficit. We've got a you know we got to do a, a tax rate election. See if we can get yeah. the uh, the voters to go ahead and approve going above the three and a half percent. And you know they would. And uh, okay, well now we got a five percent. You know that'll help a little bit. Well, uh, it, it's not a tax revenue problem; it's a spending problem. Eight nineteen here on the Todd and Oz show. Uh, you could jump in at five one two. Eight three six zero five ninety. What's this about, Oprah? What'd you say in the, in the break there? You almost made me spit my coffee up. There. <laughs> I thought you did spit a little. Almost of it. So, did. I got it on my shirt there. Big you... big breaking news uh, out of New York. Uh huh. Oprah Winfrey is leaving the board of Weight Watchers, ending nearly a decade long stint as the director of the oh, beleaguered con- company. Uh, and her reason? She's taking Ozempic. <laughs> 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 well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you uh, I, I guess you don't really have have faith in your own product, do you? Yeah. Got to take Ozempic because this Weight Watchers doesn't work. She's turned out to be just a big phony, hasn't she? Just ask the people of Maui. That's right. <laughs> Listen, uh, a, a a contract between a professional services company called uh, what's the name of the group? Cognizant. Cognizant. Uh, and uh, and the tech company Alphabet. Uh, they uh, that that contract ended Thursday, uh, leading to layoffs of uh, the YouTube music workers. How many people are we talking about here? I don't know, probably a few dozen. And what is a YouTube music worker? I don't understand what that is. Well, yeah, I mean, so they're contracted to, uh, I guess, help the YouTube music streaming music platform. I guess anyway. Cognizant and Google both tell KXAN and, and, and all of the other news outlets uh, uh, that the the contract reached its planned expiration. And so the, it was time for them to go away. Well, during this process of this six-month-long, maybe a year-long contract to work with, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with Google, uh, this comp- the, these, these group of contract workers formed a union. Right. Well, they got fired yesterday because their contract came to an end. They didn't get fired. Their, their, their mission was completed. Right. They need to move on to the next contract job if that's what they're into. They sort of masqueraded themselves as like, you know, we're actually employees, but 
They're not. They They're were, not. They were not Google employees. Well, they got the support of Zoe Kadri, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, who supports all uh, university age union types. That's right. In April of 2023, the National Labor Relations Board announced the YouTube Music Content Operations Team uh, won its election to unionize. Well, during the scheduled meeting uh, yesterday at Austin City Hall, they they did pass a resolution nine to one, uh, supporting uh, uh, this this union group that has uh, expired their contract agreements. And well, these union workers at uh, at Austin City Hall, they found out that their job was over while they were speaking during citizens' communication. And you got to listen to all of this and hear Kirk Watson at the very end. So to be supported by the city of Austin and also our allies in the labor community. Give us the motivation to keep this fight going. Not to interrupt, but they just laid us all off. Oh. Yeah. They, they just laid <laughs> oh. us all off. We just all, I guess our, we just all got Our jobs off. are ended today. Effective immediately. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, I'm sorry your time's expired. <laughs> <laughs> this is sad. Man. So yeah, their whole world comes crashing all around them, and then, bing, oh, sorry your time is up. How about that, uh, that comedic <laughs> timing there from the mayor, man? <laughs> well, anyway... A Google spokesperson called uh, 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 called it a, a business as usual contract, dismissing the suggestions of uh, it, it ending prematurely as false. Uh, mm-hmm. It expired. That's why they were trying to unionize. They were trying to force their employment, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and they do have a supporter, Zoe Kadri. Bravely stood up, and, and they testified today, uh, only to be fired. And uh, I, I had that verified, and also verified by the, that they had to leave City Hall to make sure they were able to get their belongings from their office because their key cards and devices had been deactivated by the time they had already left the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's oh boy, that's how it works. So. A classic corporate move, right hey, there. Has Zoe ever had a job before? Has he ever had? A, has he ever been employed? Does he understand how things work? I don't really know what Zoe's deal is, but he doesn't always come off as the most skilled elected official or. I, he's a child. He's a child. Mature. That's the word he's I'm a, looking for. He's a child. Now, you know who else is? Vanessa Fuentes. She tweeted about this. She says, it's absolutely terrible that Google has laid off alphabet workers. This is her tweet. She says, this morning we had an item on our council agenda to encourage Google to engage in good faith negotiations with the YouTube music team. Shame on Google. Workers deserve to be paid a livable wage and treated fairly. What's great is that she still got this t- tweet up here. She wrote this during the council meeting. She still got this tweet up here. And... It's already come to light that Google had nothing to do with this, Vanessa. Like, these were contract workers. I don't think, I don't know, it just didn't seem like a good play to, if you're a contract worker, to unionize. It doesn't seem like uh, you, you got any, doesn't seem like you got any leverage at all. No, not really. And I, obviously not, because, I mean, you know, the, Google was not interested in negotiating with them. But, you know, she, she just, uh, these, these, this is what, another, another thing I think this is, is, is a good example of why, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think that the, this council, this is any of the council's business. They right. shouldn't, they shouldn't be involved in this. This is a private sector issue. Yeah. And just because you got a bunch of blue-haired Gen Zers who want to unionize as contract workers, doesn't mean the city council should have any real business here. This it, can't happen. This can't happen. The Starbucks union is responding to this too. The Starbucks. I don't union. even know what to do anymore. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So to be supported by the city of Austin and also our allies in the labor community. Give us the motivation to keep this fight Not going. Not to interrupt, but they just laid us all off. Oh. Yeah, they, they just laid us all off. We just all, I guess we just all Our got Our jobs off. are ended today, effective immediately. Wow. Um, I'm sorry your time's expired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up now. 
Wait, no way. Now, they went They went on to go ahead and actually vote on Kadri's item, even though all of the, the workers had already been laid off. And he, I guess it was some sort of symbolic virtue signal of uh, in, in support of, of Austin's workers. And uh, it was a nine-one vote. Mackenzie Kelly was the only was was the lone no vote, and and I, I think she, she you know she gave a fairly you know fairly salient made some salient points as to why she wasn't supporting it. And then I've, I saw at least uh, one. I, I'm assuming it's one of these YouTube workers to, uh, commented on her Twitter feed, going, "Well, I just lost my job today, Mackenzie. What do you have to say? <laughs> what do you want her to say, dude? She have anything to do? She didn't Every fire you. Bad person. Go find another job. That's what I would say to you. Stop being so childish and." That's the thing. I mean, how old do you think those people were that were speaking there? They looked like they're in their mid to late 20s. Yeah, maybe early 30s. They should have outgrown this uh, this childish mental health thing that's been going around. Mm. I'm pissed! Right? <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't I don't know if I don't know if this generation is capable of of moving beyond that. I mean, it's, it's a real state of arrested development. It's a generation that consumes the most pharmaceutical drugs. It's a generation that seeks the most therapy. It appears that they are the generation that has the most mental illness. Well, that, that, there, there are some doctors out there who are pointing to that, saying uh, over-treating kids with therapy, they're creating a generation of fearful and helpless kids. And look around you. We'll dive a little bit deeper to that. You can join us, too. Uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. We'll also update you on the wildfires out in West Texas. Just uh, amazing fires. Just horrific. I mean, it's, it's the, terrible. The damage is vast. What, like 1.2 million acres? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, biggest in the state history. Well bigger than the state of Rhode Island now. How did it start? What sparked this fire? Well, they're blaming it a lot on, you know, conditions, weather conditions, high winds and things like that. But specifically? Well, I understand how wind could fuel the flames. But but what sparked the fire? Where fly? first spark came from? Eight thirty-three here on the Todd and Oz Show, the Friday edition. Yeah, jump on in here at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Let's. Uh, I'm just curious, folks out there listening. You you got a chance to see and hear and some of the stories and accounts of Joe Biden in Brownsville uh, yesterday afternoon and Donald Trump in Eagle Pass. You know where the real action is. Right. Uh, what is your basic assessment of these two men going to the border? Did they accomplish anything? Them both being there, does it accomplish anything? And just curious, I mean, it clearly, clearly showed yesterday who is for and who is against illegal immigration. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, as if we, as, as if we didn't know before, we definitely know now. Uh, Brandon Judd is the border union chief. And, uh, well, let's take you to Eagle Pass. President, thank you. Thank you. Uh, sir, I, I want you to know your agents, my agents, they're mad as hell. Absolutely mad that President Biden went to Brownsville, Texas, rather than going to Arizona, rather than going to San Diego, California, rather than coming to Eagle Pass, Texas, which has been the epicenter. What President Trump has seen right here is he's seen how his policies have worked, but he's also seen how he can expand upon those policies once he takes goes back into the White House. Yeah, there you go. Brandon Judd there uh, in Eagle Pass. Uh, with Donald Trump standing right behind him. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I, obviously, both men are, are campaigning for president. So to some degree, both of them, it, it was a political move for both of them. No doubt. But, you know, Donald Trump's an Eagle Pass where everything's, you know, a couple of three days leading up to his appearance there. There were like 2016 illegal immigrant crossings recorded as opposed to 46 where Joe Biden was there in Brownsville. Yeah. But 
you know, there's polling out there, too, because Joe Biden spent a lot of the time pointing the finger saying, all right, Republicans are, are unwilling to, they're standing in the way, we need to get this bipartisan border bill passed. But there's a lot of polling out there. And you might remember, I guess it was early last month, Joe Biden said every day between now and November, Americans are going to know that it was Donald Trump and his MAGA pals that stood in the way of this border from being secure. Well, 57% of registered uh, voters actually believe Joe Biden is is firmly to blame here. Uh, And uh, when it comes to blocking the border bill, the majority of people actually believe both parties are equally responsible. But Joe Biden's pointing fingers, and, and most people I don't think are, are buying his narrative because we see what's happening. Well, uh, Lieutenant Chris Alvarez uh, with the Texas Department of Public Safety was on Fox a few minutes ago in a conversation with Lawrence Jones. But the contrast between the two visits, obviously yesterday I was legal pass uh, with the former president. And you look at the two visits, you know, the president came to visit Brownsville, Texas. Brownsville, Texas at one point last year in May was ground zero. Yeah. The week leading up to Title 42. We saw thousands of Venezuelans that were coming across. But one thing that we were able to do was we shut down that area. We secured it. Our National Guard soldiers, our state troopers, we put concertina wire along the river and we shut down that area. We secured it. So the president would have got to see that if you actually visited along the border, along the river. He would have seen those efforts by the state of Texas. Now you go to Eagle Pass, where the former president was. We gave him a high-level brief. We talked about the national security, public safety threats, mm-hmm. the cartels, talking about what really impacts the country. We've seen all these violent crimes from some of these illegal immigrants that have violent backgrounds that should not be in the country. In the mm-hmm. You know, just tragic loss of life mm-hmm. at the hands of illegal immigrants that should not be in the country in the first place. So the president got to see that. You know, he actually got to see, walk along the river. He thanked soldiers, mm-hmm. troopers, got to see firsthand what the state of Texas was able to do at Shelby Park because we were able to seize control of that park. And now, ever since then, ever since January 11th, there's been a 90% decrease in illegal border crossings in that area. And the ones that do cross, we arrest them and we take them to jail for state crimes. You know, it's so crazy, LT, because the, the president, former president, also brought up this point, and I thought it was powerful. How many people are actually in the country? Let's play the sound for the former president. This border makes 2016 look like baby stuff it's probably the worst border not probably it's the worst border ever in the history of the world there's never been a border where 15 16 maybe 18 million people have already crossed and i think nobody has any idea what the number is you know the gotaways they don't know what the gotaways are what's going on with our country i'll tell you you come to texas this is now a war zone and they view it as a war zone and mexico's doing nothing to help us the former president called it a war zone and he said we don't know how many people are here I mean, what's the number like? What, what are we hearing? You know, that's one thing that keeps us up at night, you know, especially law enforcement, is that we don't know. We talk about the Godaways, you know, over two million, which the number is much higher than that. You take into account all the, the, the millions of people that have come across the border illegally in the last three years. There's really no way of knowing. And I think that's where we see those public safety and national security threats. But one thing that really stood out to me, I just want to add this from yesterday, the two visits is when the former president actually mentioned Lake and Riley, talked yeah. about those national security threats, public safety threats, the safety and security of the American people in the country, because how many more Lake and Rileys are we gonna see moving forward? Or how many have we lost in the last three years? Mm-hmm. Not just the hands of illegal immigrants that should not be in the country in the first place with criminal backgrounds, but also fentanyl poisoning. Yep. The families, the friends that have lost their loved ones because of fentanyl poisoning, that still remains to be a threat. And I think if the federal government truly cared about the American people, and about the, the safety of our country, they would actually take action today, not point the fingers, not make excuses, take action. Yeah, there you go. Just a few minutes ago when uh, Eagle Pass. Well, I, I mean, the, Joe Biden could absolutely 
Take executive action today. Re- reinstate Title 42. 100%. Like that, 100%. You know. Let's, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there, but I want to play this flashback audio from September okay. of 2021. Okay. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on MSNBC. This is in September of 2021. And I'd like to understand from you what Trump-era immigration policies have been banned, ended, reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you. Uh, So we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies, it would take so much time to list them. Yeah. And look at the result. And that is where all the problems began. That's right. Now we can put them back in place. We don't need, you know... I thought it was actually particularly insulting yesterday. Uh, I, it was, you know, one of those, I think it was CNN. Yeah, it was CNN. Corinne Jean-Pierre's on there, and they ask her about Lake and Riley, murdered nursing student in As Georgia. As the president called, yeah. And her her first response was, well, you know, our heart goes out to the family, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's really the Republicans' fault that the border's not secure. She went right, right into it, right into it. Uh, and and it's it's these these same old talking points that... In other words, no, the president didn't call. Now, I, listen, I don't expect the president to call every family that lost a child. No. But in this story, this situation being such a top-shelf story, he probably should have. Well, yeah. And he didn't because he probably felt like the family would be mad at him. And they, and they have every right to be mad at him. But, I mean, th- th- this, is, this is Joe Biden's design. This was his, this is his baby. We're getting exactly... I think this is what what was fully intended. I mean, maybe not the full on you know murder of American citizens, but you have to expect that come along with it because if you're not vetting anybody down there, yeah, well, you know, criminals are getting in here. I don't care how many times you say, well, yeah, a lot of good people are coming too. Yes, I know, absolutely, a lot of good people are coming. A lot of non people who wouldn't even consider murdering, but too many of them are considering doing damage and are doing damage. It is uh, eight forty. Joe Biden did uh, did address border issues. He encouraged the Republicans. He blamed MAGA Republicans for saying no on the border bill. They went allowed up to eighty five hundred a day. That's right. And the Republicans have supported that bill. They should be asked the question: Why is eighty five illegal crossings good for America a day? They should answer that question. They should. Uh, well, Joe Biden did uh, talk about it, but he did take some time yesterday in that press conference in Brownsville to talk about the fires in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Such thing as climate change. I love that, man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change. Well, my administration... No, 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 no. hang on a second. That's, it's very offensive, Mr. President. It's not that people don't believe in climate change. They just don't believe in your climate cult fear, and yeah. they don't believe in your solutions to the so-called problem. Uh, because I really, it's arrogant to believe that anything we do is going to change the world and fix things. Stop climate change. It's going to happen one way or another. We're going to keep building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves in the wake of these disasters. And we rebuild to the standards that are up, the up-to-date standards and building codes and the rest. Because a lot, of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground, you'll see in the midst of. 20 homes that are just totally destroyed. One home sitting there because they had the right roof on it. What? Wow. <laughs> Flames only touch the roofs. What is he talking about? Well, what, what about is he, the is blue he, roof, I think. Is, is that what he's referencing? Well, it sounds like. I mean, we saw them in Maui. They didn't burn. No, seriously. There's home builders listing right now. There's roofing companies listing right now. Did the president say there's a type of roof that, that can't burn? What is he talking about? 
Well, I mean, he, is, he that's kind of what no, he was insinuating, no, it's, right? It's a serious question. What is he talking about? Because they had the right roof. They didn't burn. Yeah, building these uh, with the right materials and up to a certain uh, new environmentally standard building codes uh, and the right roofs will protect your home in a fire. Apparently, that's what he's saying. Is he making reference to the blue rooftops that didn't burn in Maui? Sounds very similar. And anyway, since I took office, FEMA's provided Texas alone over $13 billion. $13 billion in three years of disaster relief. Hmm. There you go. Joe Biden in Brownsville. Uh, it's just, you know, the, 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 the United States of America will not stop the climate from changing. But they can certainly grift you out of your money That's in true. the name of saving the climate. 848 here on the Tide and Oz show. You could join us. Yeah, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Yeah, Joe Biden uh, in Brownsville yesterday talking about the West Texas fires. Such thing as climate change. I love that, man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change. Well, my administration is going to keep building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves in the wake of these disasters. And we rebuild to the standards that are up, the up-to-date standards and building codes and the rest. Because a lot of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground, you'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed, one home sitting there because it had the right roof on it. Yeah, there you go. One home standing there because it's got the right roof. So, uh, kind of insulting, really, if you think about it. Yeah. He's basically saying, yeah, you lost your home because you didn't get the roof that we recommended. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really obnoxious. He comes here to talk about the border. He pivots to climate change and calls you Neanderthals if you question anything and then says if you had, had a certain kind of roof, your house wouldn't have burned. Yeah. Uh, Bob is checking in from Giddings, Texas, or as they say, Giddens. Bob, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Uh, I think Joe might have been referring to the metal roofs. I've read that before in California and other places that yeah. the fires often spread by embers in the air landing on the roof. Mm-hmm. And if you have a metal roof, you've got a lot better chance of getting by, getting yeah. through. That makes sense. Does a metal, how much? Blue, it, Go if ahead. If it blue, it would be even better. Why is that? A blue metal roof. Then you might get away with something else in the future. Yet if the blue stuff doesn't burn. What do you mean? What do you, wait, 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 down. wait. Metal and, metal and blue. Bob, what are you talking about? I, I'm, I guess I'm out of the circle in that conversation. What do you mean in the future? Well, I mean, if, if you should have a Maui incident in your neighborhood with a flash fire where the blue things don't burn, well, maybe you would be doubly safe with a blue metal roof. Blue things don't burn. Well, look into this, this Not, crazy fire that they had in Maui about how it's so strange that things that were blue oftentimes didn't burn at all. Yeah. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about, Bob. I'm just trying to further the conversation here. That's Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty interesting. Well, Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. Yeah, I still fail to understand how, how uh, a, a fire that is sweeping across the ground, yeah, having, having a metal roof or, or, or the right kind of roof, as Biden puts it, is going to stop your house from burning down. Yeah. Which don't. What do you think about the fact that the president is calling some people Neanderthals? Well, I think that's That's his... not how you win votes, man. You don't win people over by calling them a Neanderthal. No, but but he's I mean, he's he's made a, a you know, a, a good term of insulting half the nation. It's true. You know, that's just another way. Oh, you, you disagree with man-made climate change. You're a Neanderthal. Well, no, I just think that you, you know, obviously climate has been changing. 
But uh, for us to sit here and say we're going to stop it all is arrogant. You're just trying to tax me into oblivion, and you're using the environment as a reason to do that. Take away this, that, take away, you know. uh, Take away your money. Yeah. All in the name of saving the world, which is 100% entirely impossible. 852, yeah, the dust of snow-covered, desolate landscape as, uh, you know, the scorched prairie, if you will, out there in West Texas. And uh, they don't have a solid number yet, but the the loss of cattle is going to be tremendous, uh, according to some reports. The Smokehouse Creek Fire, it grew to nearly uh, 1,700 square miles. It, uh, it merged with another fire and is just about 3% contained. That, according to the Aggies at the A&M Forest Service, gray skies loomed over a huge, uh, you know, scar of uh, blackened earth uh, in many rural areas dotted with scrub brush and ranch land and rocky canyons and oil rigs. The, uh, in, in, in Stennett, it's a town of about, um, I don't know, 1,500, 1,600 people. Uh, they propped up the American flag outside of a home that was destroyed. And um, and there and and, and the story that I'm looking at uh, on the Business Insider is talking about the cattle that has been lost and how that may affect meat prices. Yeah. In the very near future. Yeah, I, the, the, it's it's absolute devastation up there, and and just the thought of of what's been going on with those cows and horses and and all of the livestock up there is just it, it's got to be financially. It's just be a, it has to be a huge loss just from that. Nim Kidd is the chief of uh, the Texas Division of Emergency Management, and he said Sunday the forecast and the sheer size and scope of the blaze, uh, the, the biggest challenges that firefighters are uh, are dealing with right now. Well, I know the yeah the Texas A and M Veterinary Emergency Team is up there trying to help out deal with with the situation with all the livestock up there. Uh, and I know they've been they've been breaking open fences and gates to just try to let as many of them can just run free, and uh, and hopes that they can outrun it. Uh, Fox reporter uh, Adam Kietz, he's a meteorologist. Multiple wildfires continue to burn across the Texas Panhandle, including the largest in Texas history. The Smokehouse Creek wildfire at over one million acres. Dry and breezy conditions continue to plague the region and could contribute to more wildfire growth. A critical risk for wildfire weather has been issued for the region on both Saturday and Sunday. Further west, a major winter storm will impact most of the western states. Winter weather advisories, including some blizzard warnings, have been issued from California to the Pacific Northwest and into the Rockies. The Sierra Nevada could see as much as 10 feet of snow. Adam Klotz, Fox News. Man, oh man. Yeah, the, the fire continues. They had snow yesterday. Yeah. That helps a little bit. I would think it would have to some, but uh, obviously not enough. I mean, you're still talking the largest fire in state history with, with not enough containment by any means. And probably uh, some crop damage, too, I would think, right? Significant. Significant. Significant yeah. crop and, and, and property damage, livestock damage. We've lost two lives already. Yeah. Uh, fire that size, though. I mean, for, I, I hate that we lost two, but it sounds like it could have been a lot worse. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings, 5 to 10, on News Radio KLBJ. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield dot com.